0: to Ayers Christian Center Church. Amen. Amen. Welcome to everyone here not there in TV land as well. Amen. Amen. We're just going to go ahead and go before the throne. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, as, as I come before you, Lord, I decrease that you increase in me, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for all the giftings you've given me, Lord, and I use them for your purpose, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that the words I speak today will be your words and not mine. Lord, that you'll speak to the hearts of your people, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do this night as we stand in a spirit of expectancy, Lord, of how you're going to move on our hearts and that we will never be the same again, Lord. We just thank you for that. We thank you for the courage, Lord, to make a change as well, Lord. And we just thank you for that. And we just give a a praise and and, and thank you for our pastors as they're not here this evening, Lord, that you just protect them, Lord. We send your angels forth that they have a safe trip there and back, Lord, that you protect them and bring them back home. We just thank you that while they're on the road that you're going to use them mightily, and we just thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for everyone that we're connected to, Lord, and we plead the blood of Jesus over them. We just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we pray amen 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 so um, this message God gave me I've been just uh, chewing on it for about three weeks Um, the title of the message is what is the cure so as I was just meditating and God was giving me scriptures to look over I asked myself And I'm asking you, when we look at the world, what do we see? Because we have a certain perspective. But the next question would be, when the world looks at the church, what do they see? See, we're living in a great time, the time where the prophets of all wanted to be in, where God was moving in our midst like he is today, where he had all of these people filled with his spirit throughout the earth. Hallelujah. And one thing that I understand is that when you're in a crisis, your creativity flows. And I'm saying that when we're in this crisis that we're in right now, we can be launched into purpose. God can do a quick work. He can do a short work because we're called for a purpose. And we need to be getting into that purpose to fulfill that purpose of what God has called us here on this earth to do. Amen. As let's turn to 1 Kings. This is a little audible, two different scriptures here. If we can turn to 1 Kings 8 and 61. In 8 and 61, it says this. Let your heart, therefore, be perfect with the Lord our God to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments as at this day. See, there's some things that God wants to do a quick work but There's some things that we have to do to be put in order for that to happen. Now, what we're going to talk about, this is the second time that God appealed to Solomon. You can find that in 1 Kings 9 and 2. But if we go ahead and turn to 1 Kings 9 verse 4 through 5. And it says this. Does everybody have it? 1 Kings uh, chapter 9, verse 4 through 5. And it says that, If thou will walk before me as David thy father walked. So we have examples. And the Bible says that we're encompassed about with a cloud of witnesses. But if we ever get foggy in that, the Bible tells us to look to Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. But, but God is telling Solomon here, walk like David did before me. And God is telling us that to, as well. And he says, two, he says a couple of things. We need to walk with a heart of integrity. Integrity of heart. Now, integrity, I thought, man, that's, that's something else. Let me see what integrity means. And as I look that up, it says a quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, more uprightness, being whole and undivided. See, in this walk, we got to have a clear vision, and we need not to look to the left or to the right, but we need to look straight ahead in terms of what God is doing in our life and where he's taking us. So first, we need to have a... We need to have integrity of heart. Then he goes on and he says, being honest. Oh, he says, um, uprightness. And uh, let me see where that's at. He says, uh, integrity of heart and uprightness. Uprightness is being honorable. Amen? Being honorable. You know, when, when I, I think about like um, in, the, in the midst of like in war, and you have a soldier that does something unselfishly. And he's honorable in doing what he did. And we're, how many know that we are soldiers? We're in the army of the Lord. It's required of, of us to be um, upright and honorable. Amen? To keep your word. To take extra steps to make sure your word is carried out. To keep your promises. You know, I often tell my sons that, a man is only as good as his word. So if you don't, if you give your word and you don't redeem your word, then what kind of man are you? You have to be able to redeem your word. So you need to be careful. If you're going to give your word, you need to put extra effort into uh, making sure that you do what you said you are going to do. If you're promising that you're, whatever you promise you're going to do. We have to do that. We have to redeem our word. And then he goes on to say, to do all I have commanded, his statutes and his judgments. See, God commands us to do some things in this word. And he he makes judgments on some things that are wrong. He said, I will draw a line between what is unclean, uh, clean and unclean between that that is holy and unholy. So God has a standard, and he's saying, you need to keep these standards and these judgments. See, because with these standards and judgments, there's also a promise. And so he tells Solomon, if you do these things, I'll establish this, uh, I will establish you, and it will last. See, once God establishes us, what we do will last. We're not building treasures here on earth. We're building things that will last in heaven. And so we have to keep that mindset that what we're doing, we're doing to the glory of God. That what we're doing, we're doing as unto God. The Bible declares that that's how we should do things wholeheartedly, single heart, single eye not be divided between the world and the church, not being divided between what's holy and what's unholy, not being divided between what's clean and what's unclean. See, those are things that we have to come and make a determination about that we're going to stand. The Bible says, "Having not you all done to stand? Stand therefore. See, because we know that if we stand and take our rightful place, that God is going to infuse us with power to make this thing through. Amen? He Like I said, on wings as eagles. He's going to give us the power because he sees we're standing in him. We're, we're relying on his word. Amen? We're relying on his word. We're standing on it. We're not going to make moves falsely. We're going to say, now, let me go to God's word and make sure I get that peace inside. Let that peace be my umpire. It, do I do this or do I do that? Let that follow that peace. Look into his word. Follow that peace. Amen. Amen. So if we would, let's turn to Isaiah 56, verse 15 and 16. I find it interesting uh, in this chapter what God is saying. Because I think the scripture is Deuteronomy eight. And two, and we we talk about a lot in this church about the wilderness experience. Why do you go through the wilderness? To humble you, to prove you, and to know what's in your heart. That's very important. A lot of times we go through wilderness experiences, and we don't want to be there. Or we want to rush out. Hey, I'm guilty of it. I've been in some situations that I was like, Lord, let this cup pass before me. Lord said, no, you got to stay there. Let's park it there for a minute. It's some things in you I need to get out of you. Amen. And sometimes that stuff is painful because you attach yourself to it. Or you think that's the real me. The Bible says we were born in sin and shaping in iniquity. And see that shaping sometimes we carry on and think that's part of us. Those things that are not of God, because the things that we went through, the way people hurt us and things, we think, well, that's me now. That's how I am. No, it's not. God has a better way. Amen. And it's his way. In the kingdom, we do things different. So if we turn to Isaiah 56, 15 through 16, it starts to talk talks about a contrite heart and a humble spirit. So we know we went through that wilderness experience because now we're humbled through that thing. Amen. And the Bible says that, that the Holy Ghost, it hovers around waiting on the word of God. Isaiah 56, what did I say? I said 15 and 16. It's uh, 57. Sorry about that. Isaiah 57, 15 and 16. And God is saying here, a concentrate and a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. See, in order to be revived, you got to be dead. You know, you got to have come to the end of yourself in order to be revived. So I I, I said, man, let me see that in another version. I looked up the new English version, and it said, I dwell on high in holy place with him who is broken and of a humble and humble in spirit to revive the courage of the broken. And as I said, to revive means to bring back to life or consciousness or strength with a new vitality uh, to flourish again. See, so God wants to take us to a place where he wants to revive us, to revive us. We we are are faced with all kinds of things on this earth. But God has determined that we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. He has equipped us to go through these things. But like I said, things happen. Things happen. We lose sight of what God has equipped us to. We lose sight of the vision that God has given us. And he goes on to say, well, I say this. He says broken. So I believe with all my heart to the degree that you're broken is to the degree that God can use you. In other words, to the degree that you're broken is to the degree that God can rebuild you. When I was young, I used to look at a program called the Six Million Dollar Man. Oh, man, I used to, man, break my neck to go see that Six Million Dollar Man. Now, the Six Million Dollar Man, for all of you that may not be as seasoned as I am, (laughs) the Six Million Dollar Man, he was an astronaut. Steve Austin, I think, played it. He was an astronaut. And he was doing a test flight, and his spaceship crashed. All right? And the spaceship crashed. And, they, and the program comes on after that, after that crash, and it says, we can rebuild him. And this is what God wants to talk to us about tonight. Let's rebuild. Now, there are some things that God wants to rebuild in us to take us to that wealthy place, to take us in that place of fulfillment. And he wants to rebuild those things in us. Now, when Steve Austin was revived or rebuilt, he was better. He was faster. And by the way, his strong arm could move anything. See, they replaced both his legs, and he could run. I mean, he was running like, I think, like, um, I don't know, 100 miles an hour or something. He was running. I mean, he could run everything. And he replaced one of his arms that was destroyed. And with the arm, he could pick up things, move things. And with, and with the eye, he could see clear. So, you know, like on a microphone, a, a microscope or a telescope, how you can dial it in to get closer and closer and closer. Y'all ever experienced that? And so his eyes was like that. He could beam into it, and it locked in and got closer and closer. The bionic eye. Yeah, they got a bionic legs, bionic arm, bionic eye. Amen. So I said, he saw better. Let us turn to Ephesians 1:18. Any everybody have it? Okay? Ephesians 1 and 18. OK, it says here, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of an inheritance of the saints. So he's saying here that your eyes have to be illuminated. That means it's brought to light or we call it rhema knowledge, that knowledge that's fresh from God. How many of you ever studied your word? You was in your word and you were studying, and all of a sudden this revelation came from God. Boom! And it just blew that scripture up. It shed light on what he was really saying. So that's what God is saying about that eye. It needs to be illuminated. It needs to be illuminated so we can see or receive that of knowledge because God wants us to know. But do you know? In other words, are you taking time once you pray, do you pray and then you go about your day? Or do you pray and actually wait on God to see what God has to say? You talk to him, let him talk to you. Maybe he'll tell you something that you need to do that day that's going to be helpful for you, but also is going to bless other people. So we, we've got to make sure that we, we're hearing God like after we pray, And it's hard to believe that some Christians don't want to know. But guess what? They don't. Some people don't want to know because when you know, it brings about an accountability. See, I know now, so I got to do now. And some people say, I'd rather not know. If you notice, uh, you've been around a while, you know, you're talking to people, and you find out they're quoting cliches, not quoting the Bible at all. You're like, they don't want to know. They don't want to see what they're saying, if it's in the Bible or not, before they say it. They say, well, I think the scripture said this. You take one step, he'll take two. Man, I've been trying to find that in the Bible. I can't find that in the Bible. You know? <laughs> These things that people say that are not godly. But we take it as whole. well, I'm doing my part, God's gonna do his part. No, God is gonna do his work through you. Our job is to submit. Amen. Romans chapter 6, my my favorite chapter, it's talking about us submitting unto the Spirit of God. Submitting to the Spirit of God. That's how we got to live this life. If we don't submit, it's going to be rough side of the mountain all day long. Uh, We went on the hike. Yeah, tell this. We went on the hike up Crowder's Mountain. And we chose, you had three levels that you could go through. You had the easy, the moderate, and the hard. Well, each level had its own challenges to go through, right? If it, was, if it was the easy trail, whatever that challenge was, that was the challenges within that to make it easy for you. Well, we chose the moderate trail, which was hard to me. I mean, jumping over rocks and everything. But some people in the group went the wrong way. They went on the most difficult trail and had to turn around. Because you know what? That most difficult trail required more obstacles and things that you had to go through. Now, how does that relate? It relates like this God says, He has predestined our way. He has determined a way for each of us to go to bring us in that place and purpose that He has for us. But what do we do? We start out, oh God, I hear you, I'm excited. Something catches our eyes shining over there. Oh, hold up, God. I'm going to go over here for a minute. And we go through these trials and tribulations that was never meant for us to go through. Never meant for us to go through. Because God had his own precept uh, of uh, rules or uh, uh, challenges for us to go through for what he called us to do. Uh, you're going to need this. While you're on the way, so let me take them through that to make sure they got that. You're going to need this while you're on the way, or what I called you to, so let me take you to that. See, we're doing things that take us into places that we should not even be in. Let's turn to Luke, the 12th chapter. Because I don't want you to take my word. It's in the book. Luke, the 12th chapter. Because sometimes we, we try to make determinations on how we can get around stuff. I know I have. How I can get through things. So in Luke twelve forty seven, When you got to say amen, amen. Amen. And it says here. And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself neither did accordingly to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. This is the side of the word. He said that servant that knows his Lord's will. And see, in this church, we teach Bible. So it ain't about what somebody said. It's what God said. And it's almost a catch 22 because Let's, let's go to um, Luke 9.62. And when I say, when I say it's a catch 22, I want to ex- explain that. 9.22. 9.62, I'm sorry. We have that say amen. All right. So it says here, and Jesus said unto him no man having put his hands to the plow and looked back is fit for the kingdom of god so god is saying look the holy spirit worked on you you were in a service or somebody was witnessing to you and uh, as they were speaking the words to you of telling you about the goodness of god the good news the holy spirit moved on your heart and you made a decision I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to go the way that he wants me to go. You made that choice. Then life happens. You have to make sure that whatever comes your way, know that we can overcome it. If you stay on the road, don't get off the path and go through those rough places, those dry places. Don't do it. Stay on the road. There's provision on the road. Amen? Provision on the road. So and when I say it's a catch-22, so we've co- we come out of the kingdom of darkness. We have, been, we have been translated into kingdom of light. Now, let's think about this. Like, when I, when I was in high school and I played basketball, I played my first year at a school called Traveler's Rest. Well, then I transferred to Way Hampton. Well, so the people at Travis Rest weren't happy about me transfer, uh, tra- uh, transferring over there to play over there. So now you think about the devil—you on his team—and now you're giving your life to God. Now, if you step out of the will of God, who you think is there waiting on you? They'll beat you silly. Oh, you back now? Let me, you're going to pay a price now because, see, God had you covered. I couldn't touch you, like he told the devil when he came to uh, uh, Job. I can't, can't touch him. So that's what God, is, God when he prayed in, uh, in John, he said nobody can pluck him out of his hands, right? But you can choose to get out of the hands of God. And if you choose that, you're setting up for your former boss to come in and beat you down. So it's a catch-22. You make that decision. You got to stay with it. You got you to lock in. You got to stay with it because that's where your protection is. You know, that's where your protection is. Say it again. That's where your protection is in God. You make that decision. Stay with it, whatever it takes. Look, I didn't spend many nights crying Look, face to the wall like King Hezekiah. Turn my face to the wall and just cry to God. Oh, God, I'm going through. I'm I'm going through this time. I don't understand it. But I know that you'll you'll provide. You'll give me answers that I need. But I've cried many times on this growth, on this pathway with the Lord. I cried. You know, one thing I can say, the Bible says that he'll take out that stony heart and give you a heart of flesh. And see, with that heart of flesh, you affect it. You affect it, you know. Things just don't bounce off of a heart of flesh like they do a rock, you know, or a stone. And so we have to understand that, that it's okay. I had to understand it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel a certain way about things. But I can't get locked in that feeling. I still got to go what God is saying See, there, newsflash, there is nothing in your past that give, gives life. Nothing. See, God is working in the present to quicken, to bring alive, to give you life, to give you hope. Everything you look back in your past, man, it's no hope there. It's, it's probably a lot of, in my, in my past, there's a lot of hurtful time. There's a lot of craziness. There's a lot of foolishness. I don't want to look back on that. And I thank God. I pray about some things. God, just take that from my mem- remembrance. You know, I run into somebody I knew when I was out in the streets. Hey, man, you remember something says you did? Oh, no, I don't remember that. I don't remember. I don't want to remember that, some of that stuff. Now, the Holy Spirit will bring some things as he leads me to certain people to say, hey, tell them about this, and he'll bring it to my remembrance. But a lot of that stuff, man, I don't remember, and I don't want to remember because it was a crazy life. It was a crazy life, a life with no boundaries, with no limits, no limits, craziness. Amen. So we don't want to keep looking back in the past and thinking we're going to find any hope, any life in the past. That life is in the present. God is a a God of the present. Amen. And he's doing a work now in the presence. Amen. Now, let's get back to that $6 million man we were talking about. Um, The Bible said, I mean, in the story says he ran faster. So let's turn to Habakkuk 2 and 2. Habakkuk 2 and 2. And this is is a scripture that I've... uh, That this is one of those scriptures that when you read it on a personal level, it takes a lot to, well, let me say this. So every year, uh, the pastors give a vision for the church, and they write it out, what we're believing for for as a church uh, and everything. So we know, like, this, this is the year of momentum. We know that. At all that it entails uh, concerning the momentum of the church and where we're going. So, in your home life as men, do we write a vision for our home? See, because I didn't for a long time. You know why? Because I felt my, my, my wife would read it and she would hold me accountable. You see, <laughs> God told you, you know. You said, so I was like, well, I just kind of keep this to myself, God, what you said. But we got to share. See, because as we share, our, our mates start believing in us, the God in us. Oh, he hearing God on this one. I can go with that. So we have to do that. But it says here in uh, Habakkuk 2 and 2, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Write the vision. Don't keep it in your head. Write it down. As I've gotten older, I'm a checklist man. i got to write it down, put it in my phone or something, or I'm not going to do it. I'm going to forget about it. So I understand that. So write the vision. Make it plain. Spell it out. In order to have goals, we got to have marks that we can measure by, right? It has to be measurable. If we don't have measurable goals, then we're just talking pie in the sky. We ain't talking nothing that's real. We just... It sounded good at that moment, so I said, if it's real, it can be measured. I'm at this point right now. God said I'm going to be here, but right now I'm here. So I need to be here, here, and here. And I made it to whatever God said we have to do. And we can we cooperate that in our personal lives as well. We have to. We got the, it has to be measurable. If it's not measurable, it's not a goal. It's just a, a thought or something that sounded good. So he goes on to say that he may run that readeth it. See, if the goal of the vision is plain, and I really understand the vision as I'm running and there's an obstacle that comes in my way, that's no problem. A wall that's in my way, hey, I'm busting through that wall because I know in the vision that God gave me, I need to move from here to here. So whatever's there, I'm busting through it. You know, like you see a a big uh, running back, fullback with one yard to go. It seemed like I used to run. I ran the ball for a little while, and it seemed like uh, the whole team would move out of the way, and the the other team, the opposing team, all got a hit on me. But I had to make that one or two yards, you know. And that's how you have to think about it. You got to bust through some things. You can't be uh, uh, afraid to. You got to bust through some things. You know, while while I'm on that fear thing, I wrote something down about fear. We have to fire fear. We have to fire fear. And there's a way of firing fear. I did the A for awareness. We need to understand where we are, what we're around, what's going on. Our perspective. You know, there's a different perspective when you're in the valley and then when you're on the hill. There's a whole different outlook on things. When you're in those high places, the pinnacle places that God has called us to. We see more. We see more because God has desired that he can trust us and he's going to give us more, uh, let us see more. So it's, we have to understand a perspective that we're in. We got to get that. Then our position. We have to change positions. We are children of God. We have to realize that. And in realizing that, we change positions. And then we have to react with ability. So if we do those things, we overcome fear. And we have to fire fear out of our lives. Fear keeps us, hmm, the first two, I'm sorry, okay. So I said fear, firing fear. So the F is firing, the A is awareness, the P is perspective, then position, and then react. Those are the things that we have to do to conquer fear. It's, we'd have to have a different outlook. There's a reason why the devil took Jesus to the pinnacle place to see everything. He didn't take him to the valley and say, look, I, right here in the valley, the mountain's blocking that. He took him to the highest place. Say, said, all of this can be yours. So we see more when we're in a high place. Amen? Like I said, we have to set clear goals For ourselves, for our families, and for the body which God has us in. I'm going to repeat that. And for the body that God has us in, where God has called us. So we have to understand the vision. And we can't stumble around. We got to know where we're going, keep running, not looking to the right or the left but straight ahead into what God has called us to. It's an old song um, that I like. It said, through it all, through it all, I learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust in God. See, there's a place that God wants us to attain to, to really believe his word and what he's doing in our lives. And as we come through situations, we know, Just like uh, David, hey, God was with me with the lion and with the bear. I know he'll be with me through Goliath. See, we have to come to that place that we prove God. He says, prove me. Let's prove him, prove him out. And then we'll know through all of this, I've learned to trust. I learned how to depend on his word, as the song says. We have to come to that point and to that place. Now let's talk about back to that six million dollar man. That strong arm, okay? Say that arm is strong. And that that I'm looking at that strong arm, that's faith. That we can speak the mountains and they be moved. That we know that by his stripes we are healed. That we know that we can call those things which not as though they were. See, that's that strong hand of God. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Psalms 89.10. Psalms 89.10. And just this part here, he says, Thou hast scattered thy enemies with a with strong arm. With your strong arm, your enemies will be scattered by that faith. The Bible says you make your enemies your footstool. Takes faith. And let's go ahead and turn to Psalms 136 and verse 12. Psalms 136, verse 12. And it goes on to say, with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, for his mercy endure forever. Amen. That, that's something, man, that I just, his mercy endure forever. By that strong arm that we're able to, to, to go through, is that strong arm of faith. It is the strong arm that delivers us and sets us free. As yes, we attach our faith to different things. It sets us free. It cuts those cords. It unbinds us from things that had us bound. It's a delivering power of God. Amen? A delivering power of God. So what I hear God is saying is, I have the cure to all your problems. We can rebuild. We can make you better. We can make you stronger. And we can make you faster. He can make us all superhuman. And that's the life that we need to acquire to become in this day and time. The world is looking for answers, and we are the answers. So in the beginning, I ask you, when we look at the world, what do we see? And Christians generally say, they need Jesus. But when the world looks at the church, what do they see? See, they should be seeing something different, something miraculous. A power, a help that comes from the church to set them free, to deliver them from things. Amen? So, so the Acts 6 and 10 says this. Let me turn to Acts 6 and 10. And it says this. It says, People will not be able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which you move in. People can't resist you as you've been rebuilt. Made whole, placed in the point and purposes that God has you with. People won't understand. Like they said to Jesus, isn't that the carpenter? Isn't that Joseph's son, the carpenter? See, that's what they'll say about it. Isn't that such and such? But God is moving. God is using us. And we all want to be used by God. We all want to do things for God. Or we wouldn't even be here. So God has, the Holy Spirit has touched our heart. And with our ear of understanding... We have said yes to that. And we're saying, okay, God, I want to be used by you. I read all through the Bible of how men and women of God, what they did. From Deborah onto to Elijah, Elisha. I mean, we can go through the ranks. The New Testament, Old Testament, Paul, uh, Peter. They all did miraculous things that a normal person is not able to do. But they were able to do it. Why? Because they had allowed God to rebuild them, to make them whole. There's a um, there's a song by uh, Raphael Green out of uh, St. Louis that I used to love to hear, and it says this: It says, "They heard. He heard the words that broke your heart. He felt the pain. He knows the shame." And even when falsely accused, mistreated, and abused, it was his to choose, and he chose to forgive. He wouldn't let it live. He wouldn't let the darkness of Satan end. He forgave. He forgives. He chose to forgive. Don't let the darkness of Satan reign. And so many times, even in my personal life, Man, that song just means so much because guess what? When I gave my life to Christ, that didn't stop the attacks. They had an effect. The pain, the shame, the being falsely accused, the being mistreated and abused. See, all those things come about to do one thing to you, to keep you stopped with God. To be be stopped on the road, not moving forward. See, we have to, if we want love to flow, we know, as I talked about earlier, love is the key to everything. Faith work it by love. Love is the greatest thing. God is love. But love cannot flow. We cannot be rebuilt to what God has for us if we don't understand that we got to forgive. We got to forgive our parents for whatever they did. They did the best they could with the knowledge they had. We have to let that go. We have to forgive the betrayal of our friends. We got to let that go. We got we to forgive how they lied on you, how they cheated you. We got to let that go. And we got to take on that, Lord, I forgive them because I need this love to flow because in your love is the power that I need. It's the power that I need to be rebuilt so I can become stronger, faster, wiser, all these things. And God wants us to be rebuilt in his image, in his image. And that takes love. It takes love to do that. Amen. It takes love. So we have to come to a place where there's nothing greater, nothing greater that we want than God's way. For God to make us whole, to use us mightily. But on our part, we got to be in this place our heart's got to be right. The Bible says, "It's first there be a willing heart." Do you have a willing heart, or are you aggressively attacking everything that comes against you? Do do, do you have your own way? Do you? We talking about we, we going through? We got a group that we go through a survivor kit, and we're talking now about those four sources of authority, but experience. Uh, intellect and tradition see those things come to take you off the pathway we have to let god's word have the preeminence first place in everything that we do first place so when it comes up what well, mama told me grandma said we got Oh, that ain't god though i gotta line that up with the word if it's not god if it's god that grandma was talking to you about and she was saying, God, say, do this or whatever, this is in the word, then, hey, let's do that. But if, if grandma was saying something that was not godly, but you taking it as gospel, we got a problem. We got a problem. We ran up against a wall. So we got to realize that those four sources of authority, the four sources of the four sources of authority, the only true authority is God's word. And we got to make sure we're digging deep. We had one year that we talked about that. The, the dig. What was that about? Dig deep. Set your foundation. See, because when you're building a building, um, that foundation has to be strong. It has to settle. It has to be strong. For everything is going to be built upon that. If not, a uh, pastor gave a lesson called, uh, what was it? Um, Uh, cracked thrones or damaged thrones. See, if that foundation is damaged, look, you can go to the highest heights you want, but as you go higher, guess what? That pressure is increased on that foundation. And so the higher you go, oh, you're out there ministering to the world, but that foundation got a crack in it. And then something crazy happens. Why? Because your foundation is not sure. That foundation has to be sure. The craziness that we hear about ministers in, in the gospel doing crazy things. Why are these, they doing these things? You, you, I mean, they, they got to believe in the word. They wouldn't be a minister, would they? All right, maybe not. You know, I'm just saying. But the fact of it is, a lot of ministers that, that we look at that were preaching the word, and somehow they start going off. Why they start going off? That foundation... It was cracked. It was some cracks in it. And the holes wouldn't shoot up. You know, the Bible talks about putting holes, putting bags, putting money with, uh, in bags with holes in it. And it's old-fashioned where shoe it up. Sew up those holes, you know, so what you put in won't come out. But if that foundation is cracked, and now God is using you, and all of a sudden that crack shows up at the most perfect time, for people to see you and curse God. See, Satan, he, ain't gonna, he know that crack is there, but he ain't going to say nothing about it. He ain't going to bring to your attention. He's going to just look away. No, I don't see that. But when you get to the point that you can impact the most people, impact the most people, all of a sudden that crack is shown. Boom, and there you go. And we're crucifying God afresh, you know. So we have to be mindful that as we're growing, as the pastor said, organically growing together, that we make sure our foundation of things are sure. That we make sure that any holes that are there, that we're patching them up. We're making sure that it's fortified so we continue to build and build and build on that thing. It's important that we do this. It's important that we do this. God wants to use us. Amen. Amen. So let's get in a place where God can truly use us. That we're looking to make sure our foundation is sure. That we have that sure foundation. That when the storms come and beat upon, that that house won't move. That house is built on a rock. And that rock is Jesus Christ. And that foundational aspects of things that we need to know so God can continue to build on. Amen 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 so i just pray lord jesus i just lift up this portion of the body of christ from you and those that are connected to this body lord that you continue to let uh, let us know each other by the heart but that you uh, that you uh bring us together lord that every joint supplies it no there's no lack in the body that no there's no schisms in the body lord but you, Lord, make it clear to us, Lord, in terms of what we need to do to repair relationships, to forgive those that need forgiving, Lord. And we just thank you for that, Lord, that you're taking us into our wealthy place. You're taking us into our place of fulfillment, Lord, to do all those things, Lord, that you that you uh, uh, dropped in our heart, Lord, that you want us to do. And we just thank you for that. We pray right now for strength, Lord, encourage, Lord, for everybody, Lord, that needs to make a change, that they'll be able to make that change, that they'll have the courage to face that fear, Lord, that they'll have the strength, Lord, to go through those hurdles, Lord. And we just thank you for it even now, Lord and what you're doing, Lord, in your body, Lord, and what you're doing in this portion of the body of Christ, Lord, that we come into that place, Lord, that we will fulfill the vision that you've given this man and woman of God, Lord, that we'll find our rightful place, Lord, and we'll take responsibility and accountability, and accountability as we continue to grow in you. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um,